Well, good morning. morning. It's good to see all of you today. Thanks for being here, especially if you're a guest. Maybe this is your first time here. Uh, My name's Tim. I get the privilege of being the lead pastor here, and we're just so glad to have you here, Uh, as well as all of you that are joining us online in our new online platform. And so we're glad that you're tuning in as well, or any of you that may be catching this message during the week uh, because you weren't able to follow along with us today. Um, If you are a guest, I just want to let you know we are in a sermon series uh, called Forward, which we've been on for the last several weeks. This is actually the fourth and final week, uh, where as a church we've been unfolding and kind of revealing the vision that we believe God has laid on our hearts for our church for the next five years. So it's a little bit different kind of a sermon series than than we normally do here at Shepherd's Gate. And so you're really getting a behind-the-scenes look at who we are and kind of how we function. So it's actually a really good Sunday to be here. Uh, Those of you that are members, if you haven't been here the last couple of weeks, maybe you haven't been able to go back and listen to the messages, I would just strongly encourage you to do that. Uh, This is one of the most pivotal sermon series uh, that we have as we move into the future. So please make sure that you make time. Uh, whatever the case may be, to figure out uh, just to make sure that you're following along with us. And as John said, please come back tonight and uh, be part of what God is doing in this place and make sure you're up to date on all things Shepherd's Gate. Sound good? All right, now I know some of you haven't been here, so I'm gonna, and some of you, you know, life hits, and sometimes we forget things. So I'm going to give you a real quick synopsis recap of where we've been these last few weeks. Uh, week one, we looked to the scriptures, and we looked at what the Bible says about the mission of the church. A lot of, a lot of organizations, right, most companies have mission statements. They say, this is the target on the wall, this is why we exist. And really, as you look to the Bible, as you look to the scriptures, Jesus is the one who gives us mission statements. He's the one who gives us the mission statement of the church, and they're captured differently by different people in the Bible. Uh, And so there's these mission statements that pretty much all say the same thing. Go. Pretty simple, isn't it? Leave the church and go and tell people about Jesus, and tell people about how Jesus can impact their lives. And don't just go into the community. Three out of his four mission statements are actually, we're told to go to the ends of the earth, or go global, or go to all nations. And so as we look at this, we realize this is a huge mandate. This is a huge command. This is a huge opportunity for us as followers of Jesus to do what it is that Jesus has called us to do And so the second week, what we did is we actually looked at Jesus doing this very thing. We looked at one of the most central stories in all of Scripture, I believe, as Jesus spends time with a woman uh, from Samaria, a town that was was, uh, despised by the people at the time, an area that, that nobody ever wanted to go to. And here Jesus goes... And he interacts with a woman, which was, which was uh, very unusual at the time, as well as somebody that was outside of the Jewish faith. And wouldn't you know that because Jesus sat with her, he valued her. And because he valued her, he influenced her. And then wouldn't you believe that because he influenced her, she went and influenced her entire community and told her entire community in the same exact day about Jesus. And people came to faith to know Jesus in the same day. Isn't that incredible? She just bypassed Bible college she bypassed seminary. She bypassed a 42-week you know, course on evangelism. I mean, it's just one of my favorite stories in all of the Bible. And then last week, we looked at this guy named Levi, whose, whose name actually ended up getting changed to Matthew. He ended up becoming one of Jesus' closest followers, one of his disciples. And uh, he was another despised person. 
He actually robbed his own people, and they wouldn't even let him go into their synagogues and worship God. That's how despised he was. And Jesus, with two simple words, says to this guy named Levi, follow me. And then what does he do? He leaves everything, which is nuts. This guy had money. This was his income, right? He was a very wealthy dude because he was a tax collector. He leaves everything, and he rises up, and he follows Jesus And then he has this huge party at his house and he invites all of his friends. And so because Jesus valued Levi, he was able to influence Levi. And because Levi was impacted by Jesus, now he put Jesus in a position to influence all of his friends as well. See, that's not any different from today. It's not any different from what God has actually called us to do today. And so if you haven't been here, maybe you forgot, the first part of our vision statement is this, is that we're going to value everyone we meet. Everyone we meet, no matter what, from now on, we're going to make sure that we value everyone that we meet, and we are going to influence everywhere we go. And so I love these two stories. Uh, If you've been raised in the church, they're very familiar stories, so that every time you walk out of your house, you are thinking about this, that you could potentially meet somebody just like the woman of Samaria, that you could potentially meet someone just like Levi. You could potentially meet all of the other people that Jesus interacted with in Scripture and spend time with them and listen to them and value them. And because you value them, then all of a sudden now God is going to give you the ability to influence them. And then ultimately, this is the final part of our vision statement this morning, is that we are going to live generously with everything we have. Not with just some of the things that we have. Not just with 10% of the things that we have. We're going to go crazy, Shepherd's Gate. Are you ready for this? We as a church are going to live generously with everything we have. Can we say everything together with me? Everything. Doesn't that sound good? Doesn't that sound good to just get the object, right? And here's how we're going to do it. We're going to look to God's word again in Matthew chapter 6. There's chair Bibles in the seats in front of you if you want to grab one. If you're in the front row, they're underneath the seat. If you go on the, uh, the app, the Bible app, plus the sermon outline is right there for you. But we're going to look at Matthew chapter 6. Those of you live streaming, if you click on the Bible tab on the live stream, it'll pop up the scripture so you can follow along with us as well. But page 811. And again, these are the words of Jesus. This is God speaking to us through his word. Page 811, Matthew chapter 6, starting in verse 19, it says this. Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. Stop right there. What do you think that means? Boy, you are a quiet crowd this morning. <laughs> what does Jesus mean by this? Anybody have any ideas? Money, give it away. Hey, amen. There we go, sister. Here's what I'm going to do. Turn to the person next to you and you tell them what you think Jesus means in this sentence. Go ahead. Ready for part two? Look at verse 20. Let's look at it together. This is Jesus speaking to us this morning. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. What does that mean? 
What does that mean? What do you think Jesus is speaking to you today in these couple of words? Go ahead and turn to the person next to you and tell them what you think this one means. This is how I know I can get you to come along with me on this journey. And now look at verse 21 because it says this, For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Man, very simply he's just saying, man, don't live for the temporary. Don't live for the here and now. Don't build a whole life that just revolves around you and all the possessions and all of the, the creature comforts of life and that everything is just focused on you and you just do everything you can to just hold on to everything that maybe you've worked hard for or maybe you have been able to build up a big bank account or maybe you've been given a lot of influence in this life. Jesus is saying, listen, don't make that your target. Don't make that your goal in life. Don't store up for yourselves treasures in on this earth. You know why? Because life is short. Life is really, really short. And there's a bunch of scriptures that talk about how short life is, that you're here today and gone tomorrow, and you're kind of like this, this piece of grass that just, just withers and dies. Like we all know how fast time goes. So what's the point of spending all this time and energy building up this kingdom on earth when that's not the mission that God has called you into if you're a follower of his? Now, if you're not a follower of his, maybe you're here and you're checking us out. Maybe this is a new place for you. This doesn't apply to you, right? These, this is for people who follow Jesus, who want to do his will. And he is calling us into a lifestyle to look through the lens of an eternal perspective that you and I live our lives each and every day based on eternity and how we can impact and how we can influence eternity because we put ourselves in a place to be used by God. We humble ourselves and by golly, wouldn't you even believe that we would be willing to give up our time and our talents and our resources that God would use us to, to help proclaim his message, that people would come to know who he is, that he in fact lived this sinless life, that he died on the cross for your sins and for my sins and he rose from the dead because he loves us and he wants us to have the best possible life. And the best possible life that you can have is living life in view of eternity. And living a life, think about this, of generosity. And as you learn these principles of generosity, as you see this played out, that God will actually do something in your heart and your life that is beyond your human comprehension. In fact, just jump to verse 24. It says this, No one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. And very plainly, very specifically, you cannot serve God and money is a tool. Money is a resource. Money is not the end goal. Money is not the God that we are to pursue. God is the God of this universe through his son, Jesus Christ. And we know this. And here we are, we live in this amazing country called the United States, the most prosperous nation on the planet, and we are afforded an, an insane amount of blessings. And the military that protects us, all the things that we enjoy here as Americans, and yet 
Year after year after year after year, this continues to be the statistic. That the average American, think about this, gives less than 2% of their money away. Why? Because we're focused on the here and now. And we're focused on the earthly kingdom instead of the eternal kingdom. And here at Shepherd's Gate, as we look at, you know, how this applies to us, and this is, you know, oftentimes where it can start to get uncomfortable, right, as we begin to talk about money. And again, if you're a guest here, I just want you to know this. We do not talk about money very often here at Shepherd's Gate. In fact, some people like that, right? In the last two and a half years that, that I've been the lead pastor and I put this on me, I have been hesitant to talk about money because it's the taboo thing that nobody wants to talk about because then people will say, all the church ever talks about is? So if you're a guest, come back next week. We won't talk about money, all right? <laughs> or the cool part is you can listen to all of our sermons. You can go back and I can tell you, I'm not lying to you this morning, but this morning, this is really important that we talk about this in view of what this final vision statement and piece is. And so here at Shepherd's Gate, we actually have different types of givers. We have different types of givers. We have the not yet givers, okay? These are the people that call this place home. Maybe they've gone through membership, right? And they love this church, but they maybe haven't been instructed, instructed in, in biblical stewardship. And they don't yet have that connection of seeing the blessings that you can receive by giving a portion of your income to the Lord. And I want you to know this as I go through these, that these are on me, okay? This is on us as a church because we haven't been teaching these things, because we haven't been maybe proactive of maybe walking people through the scriptures and seeing the benefits that you can receive by giving a portion of your income as God instructs us to do. We also have the used-to-give givers, okay? People that were insanely connected and, and financially supporting and they were part of, of the mission and the vision of this church and then something happened along the way and, and we're not sure what and we kind of back away from having conversations and even trying to find out, okay, what happened and are you ready now to kind of jump back in and walk this journey with us and see what God has in store for our future? And then every church, you can imagine, has givers, right? That's how we can have the lights on this morning. That's how we can, you know, do what we're doing right now. But maybe some of you are in here, you're saying, yeah, you know, if I was honest about it, I hadn't really thought about it. Maybe your giving's on the kind of the automatic thing, and you've been giving the same thing for the last three years or five years or 10 years or 20 years, but no one's really compelled you or pushed you or challenged you to maybe give more. And again, that's on us, right? That's on us because we need to make sure that we give you a compelling vision to give toward. We need to make sure that we're taking time to preach biblical stewardship in our services but there are people in here that give sacrificially. They're all in. I mean, they give well and beyond this 10% thing, right? They give well and above and beyond the tithe, and they are all in in what God is doing in and through their lives. And here's the key, folks. All of us, all of us, no matter where you fall in this thing, have to move forward together. All of us as a church have to figure this out. And so one of the things that we do is we send giving statements to your home and all of you are getting ready to give a giving statement this week. It's a 10-month giving statement so you can kind of see and assess where you're at individually or where you're at as a family. And I would just ask you to pray about what it is that God would lay on your heart. But again, I put it back on us because we need to do a better job of talking about this and not being afraid to talk about money, not being afraid to address these things. See, sometimes the myths that we hear are this, that I can't afford to give. Tim, I want to give, I just can't afford to give. And that really is a myth, and it's something that we need to address in the future. Or this other one, I give to other organizations, ministries, and charities. 
And you go, that's awesome, and we want to support other ministries, organizations, and charities. But when you dig into the Word, when you look through the Bible from Genesis to Revelation, when it comes to giving, a follower of Jesus is first called to contribute to the health and well-being of their local church. And again, I'm inviting you into this, right? We're talking about this, and we're trying to figure out how do we navigate this so that we can move forward. And this is usually where it gets really quiet, right? Because this sounds like a very self-serving statement from the pastor of the church, doesn't it? What's the matter? You need a Cadillac, Tim? What's going on? The staff need raises? What's going on? No, come tonight and we'll tell you what's going on in our church. None of those things are true. But if you look through scripture and you see what God has called us to do, that the church is the local organization. The church is not a corporation. The church is a family. And so those are things that we need to address in the future. I'm just telling you, these are the things that we hear. But here's what we have talked about. Here's what we've prayed about. Here's what we've dreamt about as a local church. That we want to lead the way in being sacrificial givers. Stay with me, all right? Some of you don't tune me out, okay? Stay with me. We want to lead the way on being sacrificial givers. And we are going to value everyone we meet. We are going to influence everywhere we go. And we're going to live generously with everything that we have. And this is how we're going to do it, okay? We're first going to provide a path to align our spiritual gifts, our creative strengths with our hearts in order to serve others. It is proven that if you get people involved in ministry, their giving instantly goes up. If people are connected and they're serving into their gifts and abilities, it unleashes something in their heart, which is where giving starts from, and all of a sudden they see the need and the value. And so we need to do a whole lot better job of figuring out how to connect people with their spiritual gifts and their creative strengths along with their hearts. And then here's the other thing as we look at this third vision statement, that through our sacrificial giving that we're gladly going to share not just our financial resources, but also our physical resources with everyone. And so I want to explain how this works. You see, our physical resources actually are building in this land that God has blessed us with, right? And so it's really cool because we're a church that uh, on Saturday mornings, we have a, one of the largest AA groups that meets in the area here every single Saturday morning. We have another group that meets on Thursday night. We have a, a whole lot of women that show up here on Tuesday mornings for something called Bible Study Fellowship. There's so many women that come that there's not enough parking spots for them. They park illegally in our parking lot, all right? There's cars. I mean, they just take over the church, on Friday mornings, we have a homeschool group that takes over the whole south end of the building where we have to close off the doors, and it's just crazy. There's kids everywhere. There's all these things that we do to open up our physical space. But here's what we're going to challenge you to do, and this kind of ties into what we talked about last week. We're going to challenge you to open your physical space. Remember your home? Remember that dining room table that God gave you that we talked about last week that has all those seats Remember your backyard? Some of you, you got that sweet Costco furniture back there, right? Remember this? <laughs> and some of those cushions haven't even been sat in yet, and those cushions are not designed for you. They're designed for your neighbors who don't know Jesus. They're designed for your family members. They're designed for people in your life that are going to be part of the four people that you're going to pursue and invite in your backyard and have conversations with. See, we're doing this together. And we also came up with these five bold goals, okay? These are five goals that go to this third vision statement. And the first one is this, is that using our unique callings, that I want you to think about this, 80% of our church, those that call Shepherd's Gate home, are going to serve inside or outside our walls, and here's what's key, on a monthly basis. 
Now, when the consultant was here, he was amazed at our volunteerism here at Shepherd's Gate. He was absolutely amazed at the rate of people that volunteer. But the problem is we've been looking at it through the lens of if you volunteer on a yearly basis. And so we have people that maybe you volunteer and your one time a year is make rest. Or maybe your one time a year is step out and serve. And so our number looks really, really good on paper. But what is it that God has called us to do and could it be possible that we could fire up our congregation, that we could get more people involved in the mission of this church, that people would be willing to use their gifts and abilities, that 80% of those that call Shepherds Gate Home would be, be willing to do it at a minimum of 12 times a year. Think about that. How about this? How about that we train and empower 200 new leaders to be developers of influencers by 2025? that we figure out a leadership path, that we figure out how to find those that have the gift of leadership and cultivate that and pour into them. And as we cultivate and pour into them, then we give them influence and we allow them to have platforms to make decisions. We allow them to influence the direction of our church. What would it look like if we renovated and expanded our campus in order to invite and engage people into our community? And this one is really big, which is why you need to come back tonight because we're going to talk a lot about it tonight because I don't have all the time today to be able to unpack this for you. But I don't know if some of you know the reason. I know some of you are like, why are the lights always dim in the worship center? Like you ask us to read our Bibles and to grab a Bible, but then you dim the lights. I didn't, here's, here's the reason why. Because the carpet in here is old. <laughs> and there's stains that we don't want the guests to see. So guests, don't look down, Okay. And I'm not lying, we just had the carpet cleaned two weeks ago. The guy had to come back and try to get the stains out, and he goes, dude, I don't know what to tell you, you can't get the stains out. Your carpet's just old. These chairs have been reupholstered twice, right? Some of them are falling apart. There's things on the outside of our building, if you just drive around, that are falling apart. There's bricks literally coming off the outside of our building, okay? Our roof is starting to come due. There's all of these things, and we need to address this, and we need to address it not only for when our guests come into our into our parking lot and into our church, but also for you. We want you to have a nice place to be able to worship with your family and to bring the people that you know. Here's the other one, that we actually want to launch 750 people outside our walls to serve in our community around the world every single year by 2025. 750, okay? And if you're wondering, where in the world did you get this number from? If you were here two weeks ago when we talked about um, our goals for value everyone. We said, hey, we just are going to trust God that we're going to grow and that one day, that by God's grace, that maybe we can be worshiping a thousand people on Sunday mornings or whatever the services that we need to add to get to a thousand. And that by God's grace, maybe it's 500 would join us online. So we took a thousand and five hundred. We said that's 1,500. Imagine if we got half of those that are following along with us. Maybe we can get half of those people to go and serve in our community and around the world. And then we said this. In order to do that, right, in order to get people launched out all over the world, in order to get people launched into our community, we certainly need the funds to do it. So what if we just make this big, bold goal and we say we're going to share 20% of our giving by 2025? Not 13%, because that's what we've done in the past. That's what we've done for a very, very long time. But what if we figure out a way to go from 13% and have Mission 13 go to Mission 20? What would that look like? You want to see how we came up with it? It's really cool. Ready? Ta-da! <laughs> and this is only two months away, folks, right? It's two months away. 
And we already set the budget for next year because that's what you're going to get if you come tonight. If not, you'll get it Monday morning via email. And we're saying we're going to step out and we're going to trust God and we're going to do this incrementally every year, but we need everybody. If we're going to do this as corporately as a church, we need everybody that calls this place home to come along on this journey with us and to begin to, to see the vision, to begin to push forward, and to begin to see, man, that we want to launch you out and that we're going to put the money behind it. That we're not going to be a church that just writes checks to organizations. Hear me clearly, because that would be a very easy thing to do. But we're going to take these funds and we're going to use them to impact our community. We're going to use these funds to impact our world and to launch our people out to do the mission that he's called us to do. And I think we can hit this. In fact, if you think I'm joking, here's a preview from t for tonight, Right? Here's a preview of what we're going to talk about tonight because that's what you have to talk about at a business meeting at an influencer's night. And we flip the budget. We're putting the total at the top and we're putting the very first thing underneath, our contribution back to God. Our tithes and offerings back to God. And we're going to ask you, and you're going to hear about this in the future, to do this with your budget if you haven't done this yet. To do this and to trust God that these are God-sized goals. See, if you were here for Step Out and Serve this year, and if you were here at the celebration service, we had this guy named Todd Gordon who started this project called the Wave Project where they wanted to build this unit to be able to shower, uh, offer showers for homeless people. And he gave us the best compliment I've ever heard anybody give Shepherd's Gate. Do you know that? And this was, this was what he said when he was here to tell us about uh, the Wave Project. He said, Shepherd's Gate, you all are not normal in the best way. <laughs> Praise God, right? I, I, I hope that we're known by the crazy people, right? On 23 Mile. And I know, because some people are like, you're going to do what? What are you doing? Are you crazy? I'm not crazy. We just have God-sized dreams and goals, and we think our church is ready. We think our church can handle this. We think we just need to have that vision out there, and again, not be afraid to talk about these things and go after what God has called us to do in the unique position that he's placed us in right here on 23 Mile in Shelby Township. So again, guess what we're going to do? We're going to value everyone we meet. We're going to influence everywhere we go. And for the next five years, man, we are going to live generously, insanely generously with everything we have. And I hope that you'll memorize this statement. Some of you, maybe it's difficult to memorize that many words. Here, you can do it this way. Everyone everywhere, everything. Everyone, everywhere, everything. Can you say it with me? Everyone, everywhere, everything. And watch how cool this breaks out. You know what's awesome is that it was Christian McLean that actually came up with this. He goes, look at how this could actually work. It's like corporate as a church, but it's also each of us individually. That it's global because that's what Jesus told us to do, but it's also in our local communities. And that once again, it's physical. Our physical spaces that we've already been blessed with, but yet it's also our finances that we are going to trust God. And we're going to lean on Him. And we're going to pray bold prayers. And we're going to ask Him to trust us with people that are far from Christ or don't know Christ to come here and to receive the grace and the mercy that is found in Jesus. So as we close this morning, I want to ask you once again, will you become a missionary with us to our community? Think about it. Will you become a missionary with us
to our community and see what only God can do when we humble ourselves and we don't live for ourselves because it's not about us and it's not about now. It's about living in view of eternity and what God has for those that he has put in our paths and in our lives. And yes, that includes those who are disconnected from Shepherd's Gate because I'm not letting go of that. The ones that have gone on and they're out there and I know they're not going to church. The sons and daughters, as I refer to them, of Shepherd's Gate, we're going to figure out how we can connect with them and, and connect and figure out how to get them back. If we can't get them back here, we'll figure out how to get them connected to other churches. But at the end of five years, I don't want to look back and say, well, we didn't try or we just kept doing church or we just kept showing up on Sundays. No way. No way, and I know none of you want to be part of that either. But this could be our bold declaration this morning, that we would say this to God. God, will you give me a heart that's abandoned? Ever after you alone. Gold and silver, you can take it. You're the one that gave it to me in the first place. But God, now I'm going to give it back to you, and I'm going to give you back even more than I ever thought maybe I could ever give, that means that we get to do some really cool things and see God do some really cool things through our church. Because at the end of the day, when we close our eyes in this life and we open them in the next, all we really want, need, or hope for is Jesus. God, all I want is you. Will you bow your heads and close your eyes with me this morning? God, I know this is a lot to take in this morning. God, I just thank you for the opportunity to be connected to so many amazing people who call Shepherd's Gate their home. God, I thank you for the process that you've had us on these last few months and just the way that you've aligned things together, that you have put this mission and vision into our hearts and into our lives. And God, now I just pray. Speak to every heart. Speak to every individual. Speak to every couple. Speak to every family that calls Shepherd's Gate home. And that, God, if it is your desire for them to be part of this, that you will burn that desire within them. That, God, this is going to fire them up to want to go and to do what it is that you've called us to do very plainly in Scripture. Go. Make disciples. Go, proclaim the gospel. Go, value everyone. Go, influence everywhere. Go, live generously with everything that we have. God, help us to be people that are on mission for you. We love you and we thank you. In your name we pray, amen.